0: Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Ryan Hurd. I think I saw on your Instagram you're opening for Sam Hunt this past weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the difference for you as far as your, your, your mindset before you go on stage if you're like the main support act or if it's your show? Oh, it's so much easier to open
1: these days there's, it's just a different feel. Even if it's 2000 people at your own show, like a thousand people or whatever, or less than that sometimes for me, but, uh, (laughs) it's, they're there for you. So it's just a different, a little bit of a different mindset, but there's also like no pressure. I don't get nervous. It's the shorter set. It's usually 45 minutes. So that's like, by the time I'm kind of bored, it's like, all right, it's over. And you go hang out. And Sam has always been cool to us. I toured with, we toured with him on the 15 and a 30 tour when Marin was on it. And, uh, so we know the camp and the next night I went and we did Summerfest in Milwaukee for the first time and TR was the headliner that night. So I got to see Sam and Thomas this last weekend. So that was really cool. Um, but it's just a it's a little bit of a different mindset, but there's also less pressure and I don't get very nervous at all or anything. So
0: You're in a cool place where you can absolutely go headline your own shows and you have a ton of songs and people are very passionate about you. But you're also, you can make pretty decent chunk of change being main support for another artist and like you said, play it. I was talking to Dan and Shea because they're opening for Kenny right now and they're like, it's awesome. Yeah. Like we could go out, we don't have to, you know, take all our equipment, we'd go yep. out and just have fun. Yeah, it's, it's a different,
1: it's nice to switch it up, like switch your days up too because at some point you want to, Headline all the time, and you want to play late in the day at festivals, but it's also nice to be done at like 8 30 and you don't have anything <laughs> else to do. Like, all right, I'll just like watch the show or drink a beer or go to bed. So, uh, I think everybody
0: enjoys the change of pace. When do you get tired? Meaning, in a year, is there a season and you start to go? Because for me, we know we start in January doing the radio show, and uh, if I take out all the other stuff, the TV, the traveling, but just the radio show alone, about June. I start to get fatigued for the first time. Is there a touring fatigue and when does it usually hit? So I'll preface the answer by
1: saying we basically took two years off. Like we did we did shows during COVID times, but not like a tour. Um, so those were pretty easy to just kind of come in and out of. But so we started second week of January this year. And I think that, once you start, you're just going to be tired the whole year. I mean, you, you do shows and you ride buses and you get it. Like it's, it's, it's really fun, but there's not a whole lot of rest in it. So the way that I kind of manage my time is if I touch an airplane or a bus, that's a work day. Even if it's like, I'm leaving at nine o'clock at night or getting home at like 7am on the bus, bus drops off, drops me off at my house that's a work day. So Sunday to me is not a day off. I usually have to take another day off in the week just so I can have like some time to my, to just be a human, hang out with my kid or whatever. So, but usually Sundays we're just worthless people. Like we both get home, get dropped off. And then you just kind of like, look, at look, I look at Maren and she looks at me like, let's take a nap. Cause you just, no matter how you do it, it's exhausting. The travel just wears you out. Josh Thompson used to say this thing and I'm sure he didn't come up with it, but he said, you don't pay me for the show. The show is free. You pay me for getting there and getting back. Like, that's the part that's work. So um, we really are blessed to both get to do it. Um, we have like this weird, uh, like, I don't know. We just have an understanding about where we both need to be. And uh, we're really blessed to be making a living on the road. But it is exhausting
0: no matter what how you do it. It's it's It'll wear you out all year. I think there's a romantic thought of being on a bus and listen I the, the, I've tried I've you know done little tours in cars and vans and that really stinks yeah. and a bus is much better than that but even when you're sleeping on a bus you're driving overnight and I never because I'm, I'm and we I have a big what they call the star bunk in the back like yeah. you know I have my own little room but you're never really comfortable because the bus is always moving or or hitting the thing on the side of the road yeah. or you're just never you never just totally safe
1: feeling you're always like knock on wood let's let's make it yeah night (laughs) so I sleep better in a bunk I don't know I mean we have every kind of bus you could imagine out between the two of us and I still I sleep in a bunk because I
0: you like to be confined like that is that more comfortable for whatever reason
1: I just those those crew buses ride smoother to me and I for I just that's what I like so the we have on you know Marin's bus has a star coach in the back and we have our own like apartment back there but i I, it just feels like we bounce more on it so i i like i like the bunk for when i'm just out with myself so um but hey that bus i i'll never ever speak poorly of of touring on a bus because it saves you it really does like getting home at 7 a.m getting to have a whole day with your kid, have like half a weekend almost on a Sunday. Yep. For us, is usually what it is, is is pretty special and important. And, uh, you know, I do remember the one time where I was like, I can make a lot more money if I just like suck it up and drive the van. And Maren's like, no more van. Like, we, you, you need to be home. Yeah, your quality of life is terrible. Right. It's so dead. that was like five years ago. And I just remember her being the one that made that decision. And I, it was a good decision. It was like a family decision. Like whatever, even if you like, don't make as much money we we it's good to get
0: home so the thing about the bus and we'll get off this but I think that that I learned early on was first of all we had to rent them and it was like five grand a weekend and I was like yep I was like what what I have to, Yeah, you cannot get in that deal anymore either Because so. they are so hard to get now so before pandemic I paid like five grand a weekend and you know, that comes out of the money that you're making and you're like, wow. And then you got to pay, if you drive over eight hours, you got to take an extra bus driver and most of the trips are over eight hours. So we have to put two drivers and that takes an extra bunk and you're trying to fit everybody in. And what also is you don't really drive in the daytime because you don't want to be awake while you're moving. No. You know, for the most part, you know, if the bus would leave, we leave at 11, midnight, one o'clock. Your goal is to get on the bus and sleep. Yes. That's the, when the bus is moving, you want to be asleep. Exactly. And so when you see people on tour, we're like, man, that must be so cool. The goal is to be asleep on the tour bus. Yes, It's good to have when you're awake, but it's to be asleep on the bus. It's definitely a tool and it's
1: part of it and it's really important and it is fun. Don't don't, don't let anybody tell you that being on the bus isn't fun. It's a blast, but it's what you dream about when you're 14 years old is like living on a tour bus. (laughs) I'm serious. I still, every day I get up on that thing, I'm like, gosh, I really wish I was home, but this is pretty sweet. Yes. But you're right. like There's little things about it that I think... And it's really fun showing people like whenever you go, I go everywhere I go. My day starts at three o'clock and I go to 11 in my own like sound checks at three. And then I'm on. We have radio and then we have friends and we have meet and greet and we have. But every day someone's like, hey, can you meet my friend? And I love doing that stuff. So you and then like whoever you got there, too, like I always have guests out, too, and I love having them up on the bus because they're just like looking around and everybody wants to know like what's on the inside of it. Yeah. And mostly uh, it's
0: bananas and and protein bars for yeah. us. Yeah, And we
1: got like, you know,
0: if anyone wants a beer, you can have a beer, but... <laughs> Eddie's get, the only one has beer on our bus. But don't get out of hand And he hides it. Yes. Yeah. Because
1: we're all working. So keep it between the navigational beacons, as Alan Jackson would say.
0: In every pair of Takova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com And don't go gently, y'all. I have a question. You, you know You come to Nashville and, you have always been an artist, but your path started as far as your commercial success as a songwriter. So it's a very interesting journey from a songwriter to a performer. What's it like looking back at that career journey now? I still
1: think of myself as a writer. And I know Randy Goodman hates it when I say that. At some, My record label president, he hates when I say I think of myself as a writer, but that's where everything starts for me. So I love getting to do both things. I talk about my career as a pair of shoes. Like, I have a right foot writing songs for myself and other people. And then the left foot is being an artist and singing them and traveling and touring. And I can't really imagine doing this without both. And someday I'll probably have to back one of them down. But while they're both working, it's really fun to get an opportunity to, to still write for people like Jordan Davis and Marin and Lady A. Like, those people are my friends and, and it's so natural to write songs with them still. And I still have that opportunity to get on their records. And I feel like I still have a lot to offer as a songwriter for other people. And then at the other, we just talked about it, like, and then I get to get on a tour bus on Wednesday night and go play my songs for a bunch of people who know them. And that's a dream come true. So, um, you know, I, I do both things and I still get to, and, and I don't really I don't have to make a choice yet, and maybe someday I will. But for me, it's like that journey is is sort of like
0: I've gotten to do everything. And I still get to do everything, and I'm really enjoying that. And the great thing about a bus is you can actually ride on a bus if you want to. Sure. It's hard yeah. to do that in a van. Yeah. I was out with
1: Thomas this weekend. We played Summerfest on the same night, and so we wrote a song. It was great. So we, it's always fun to, to see your buddies on the road. And it's always, you know, I've also, as an artist, like my— music has been the best marketing tool for me. So I put out an album and like, you know, Cole Swindell and I became buddies because he liked to a T and I liked breakup in the end. And we talked about it on Twitter. And then all of a sudden we were writing songs together. And I don't think I've ever had a cold cut, maybe someday, but that's I've a, had a few cold cuts. Uh, I've had. <laughs> that's a, that's a good example of like, Oh, a cold cut, a cold cut, cold cut. Yeah. Cold yeah. cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, yeah. I'm going to have some cold cuts. Yeah, yeah. Done. Uh, but that's a good example of,
0: like, my artist thing opening doors as a writer. Do you ever think about what it would be like if you went down a different road in your life, as in maybe not an artist or a musician? musician? Were you ever close to that? I, as soon as, like, halfway through college, I was, so I went to
1: Belmont, and everyone who goes to Belmont, a lot of, well, most people who move to Nashville to go to Belmont do music, some, one way or another, music business or, but I went and saw everybody doing these music programs, either the business side or the performance side, or something that had to do with music. And I was like, "They're all going to zig. I'm going to zag." So I went and did sociology and econ and got a degree and was going to go to grad school. And then about halfway through, I kind of like made the, like found out what a songwriter in Nashville was. So I kind of put all of my eggs in that basket and started writing country songs and. So I guess, like, I would have gone to graduate school and maybe done something else, but I've never really had to—I think the, the the cool part about music is, like, most of us don't have a plan B, and so I don't—I don't know. I always say, like, what you say, like, I'd be the left fielder for the Cubs. No, I wouldn't, but, like, I liked sports growing up, and I liked music growing up, and but this is the only job I've ever wanted since I was 11 years old, so— I don't know, man, maybe when I was a kid, my dad used to work in advertising and I always thought like, hey, if nothing else, I can go do something like my, with my dad, either at the company he's working for. And at one time he had a, he had an advertising agency and like, maybe I'll go do something like that, but it never really came to that. So it's mostly like thinking about what I'm going to do after all this is over because your window doesn't last forever. I mean, for some people it does, but like being realistic about my own life I'm like Unless, like, I, I, I hope that we have a whole lot more success. But at the end of the day, like, you're only given what you're given, and so I'm trying to really enjoy this part of my life. And then you also, in the back of your mind, are like, okay, what happens when I'm old and nobody cares about my songs anymore? It happens to everybody. It doesn't. It happens to everybody. So
0: no, that's more sad. where no, I, I'm sad. This that's is more what out. I think about. We're all gonna die. Oh man, what a sad. Yeah, but you could be. You, you can
1: do this till you're done. Like for me, it's like, what happens when I'm 40 and like... Yeah, but a lot I can, I can do 40. this only if
0: I get higher ratings. Me too. <laughs> yeah, that's <sure. Sure. laughs> Me too. Uh, your road to Vegas and the iHeartRadio Music Festival has been a unique one. How does it feel playing this awesome festival? I'm just thrilled to be invited.
1: I looked at the bill the other day and I just couldn't believe that my name was next to everybody else's. Uh, I mean, obviously it's been a dream come true to have my... Songs on the radio. That's every single time somebody plays your song, whether I wrote it or whether I sing it. And that's a every time it's a dream come true because I grew up listening to country radio. So to get an opportunity to like go to a festival like this for the people that have supported you and made your dreams come true is a massive a massive deal for me. And uh, to get to play it on the same day as Marin is really fun. We always love doing that. And uh, it's a it's a busy day, but it's going to be a lot
0: of fun. There he is, Ryan Hurd, Ryan. Good to talk to you, buddy. Let's go. Get your Bobby Bones on. Bobby Bones, y'all. In every pair of Takova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Takova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Takova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all.